Hey friends, you're listening to the Student Ministry Sermon Podcast from First Christian Church. Our hope is that these words bless you, lead you closer to Jesus, and help you follow Him more faithfully. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Now, uh, my name is Kel, and uh, I was told that we, you know, that you guys have sometimes uh, a series that you guys do called What I Wish I Knew. And so, when I was asked to speak, Josh pretty much asked me to talk on what I wish I knew. And so, when I first started thinking about it, I was like, oh man, I'm definitely going to talk about this. And then I kind of thought, oh wait, what about this and this and this? And I eventually got down to like a whole list of things that I wish I knew. So I was like, oh man, I'm not even like that old yet. Imagine 10 years from now what I'll be saying. Like, (laughs) man, it's a lot. But... I did, however, find a trend within my life, and so I wanted to speak on that. If you guys got your Bibles or your Bible apps, you guys can open it up to the book of Luke. We're going to be going into the book of Luke, chapter 15, verse 1. Now, it says in chapter 15, verse 1, this is a a parable that Jesus is giving, and uh, it's one of three, Um, but this is the parable that I'm sure many of you have already heard, but... This is something that I kind of overlooked when I was younger. It says this in verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them? Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, He joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Let's stop there. You know what I love about Jesus? Like right off the bat after reading that, is that he's always in the mood for a good meal. Like, he's always sitting down eating with people. It's awesome. Like, I don't know about you, but I love to eat. So this is pretty relatable to me, okay? Now, what I love even more, though, is that he goes to the least of these people. He doesn't just eat with with certain people, but he eats with any and everyone. He goes to the least of these people and, and treats them with love and with dignity. He sees them. When I was growing up, I moved around a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot. Like, I grew up in the Central Coast, uh, but then I moved to Georgia, then moved again in Georgia, then I moved to Texas, and then to Florida, and then again in Florida, and then to Missouri for my senior year in high school, and, uh, and then I moved out. That's a lot. I, I went to three different middle schools and three different high schools. So when I say that I feel like I know what it's like to be the new kid, Trust me, I, I know what it's like feeling like you're not seen, feeling overlooked. And it's always kind of funny, right? Because like when you're the new guy too, you're kind of asked to like go up in front of the class sometimes and like say your name and then something about you, right? Sometimes it could be your favorite hobby. And so you walk up and you're kind of like, hi, my name's Kel and I like sports. Yeah? I think that's okay. I, like, I don't know. It's kind of awkward, right? 
Or how about this? How about this? It can be kind of awkward sometimes, right? If you're walking with a friend from class and then another friend joins your friend, but they're not really your friend, so you three are kind of just like walking together and then they tell a joke or something, but it's not said directly to you, so you don't know if you should like laugh or not, and so you kind of do the, ha yeah, that's kind of funny. Or maybe it's when a friend stops, you and a friend were supposed to hang out, and then they cancel on you, and that's cool, but then you see them hanging out with somebody else on their, on their story, and you're like, what the heck? There's plenty of these little moments where you might feel like you're not seen, or you feel like you're left out, right? Or maybe it's when a parent left, and you knew that your parents' relationship wasn't good, but you wonder why they didn't stay for you. See, it's in these moments that you may feel overlooked or forgotten, or maybe even given up on. But Jesus sees you, and he has not stopped thinking or desiring you. So in this passage, who was the lost sheep? Growing up, I I often looked at the lost sheep and thought, oh man, you know, it's, it's the dude like doing drugs or having sex and all these like big crazy sins, right? Or is he talking about the one who maybe isn't doing all these things, but just feels out of place? The answer is yes. I believe it's both. I feel like sometimes we can get trapped into thinking that, oh, it's, it's the other person, that that's who Jesus is going after. See, when Jesus told this parable, it was meant to baffle the Pharisees and, and the people who were self-righteous, right? He was going, in this day and age, people had no doubt that the Lord was supposedly with those who seemed righteous because they grew up on stories like David and Daniel and Moses. There's all these people. And then Elijah, right? He called God to bring down fire from heaven. It's like, whoa, of course God's with that guy. See, people had no doubt that the Lord was with them, with those people, But when Jesus said that he was going after the lost one, he also meant the one that was an outcast, someone who who wasn't pursuing after righteousness because Jesus was going after everyone. But for me growing up, I saw it the other way. I, I thought that God was just going after the ones who were doing these big sins or anything. Whereas for me, I just felt left behind. I felt like the 99 where we are just left and thinking, now what? I think sometimes that we can be sitting at church and be far from God. And that's where I was. But see, with these two groups of people, the people who were looked down on and the people who were forgotten, there's a common theme, and both of those people are lost. But that's what I love about Jesus, is that he was always trying to break the mold of what society said God can and cannot do. He's saying, no, 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 I'm going to go after whom I have chosen, whom my children are. He is the good shepherd. 
See, in John 10, Jesus is talking about himself being the good shepherd. And he says this, he says that his sheep listen to his voice. He says that he is the gate and whoever enters through him will be saved. He then mentions how the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but that he has come to, that they may have life and have it to the full. And then continuing on in verse 11, and says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and the sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. How many times have we felt lost or forgotten, given up on? And so we go to different things, right? We go to whoever is willing to take us in or who we think will take us in. But Jesus is saying that no one is pursuing after you like me. No one is going to look after you and care for you and lay down his life like I would. And he did. He laid down his life. And that was the purpose of his life. See, there's plenty of prophecies that were foretold for who Jesus was going to be and for what he was going to do. And, and quite honestly, when Jesus came, people were disappointed. People were like, it's this dude? Like, what? <laughs> I don't know about you, but he's, just, he's not going to be the one to overthrow Rome. Like, he's not going to be the one to deliver Israel. But what I love about Jesus is that he's not just there to do what you think he should be doing, but he's up to something much bigger, much bigger than we could ever even imagine. And so note, Jesus didn't come to overthrow Rome, but he came to overthrow the, the rulers and the principalities of the world, which was Satan. He was there to redeem people and to, to bring back his children. And like he said, to give them life and life abundantly. And so one of these prophecies, though, was in Isaiah, Isaiah 53, and it says this, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And talking about Jesus, it says this, he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and his, by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus bore our pain and sin so that we may have life in him. 
And so, what I wish I knew? I wish I knew that I wasn't just a part of the 99, that I wasn't somehow left behind because I had just gotten saved. Now, Jesus, he's continually pursuing after each and every one of us, each and every day. And I think that's something that's important for believers to know. It's not just a one and done deal, like, oh, hey, I got saved and that's it. No, like, there's a pursuit that he's chasing after you with all that he has because he loves you as his creation. And so, what does the end of the parable say? Jesus says, and when he finds it, he finds the sheep, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders, classic Jesus, <laughs> and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. Are you hearing Jesus' voice? Are you listening to the good shepherd's voice when he calls you? Because with his actions for what he did and what he's doing in your life, whether you see it or not, he is calling, he is shouting your name. And so if you don't hear his voice, please do not let another night go by without you hearing him. It's important because you will have life and life abundantly. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you, Jesus, that not only did you come for us, not only do you see us in our pain, but Jesus, you experienced it yourself. You know what it's like to be alone. You know what it's like to be marginalized, cast out, and, and to be someone who was mocked, somebody who, who people were disappointed in even. So Jesus, you see our pain, you see our hearts, and so I pray that you would call each of us home to you. And I pray for those who aren't hearing your voice, Lord God. I pray for those who, who want to have a relationship with you. I pray that you just give them the strength and the courage to seek after you, to have a life that is full and abundant because of what you've did on the cross, Lord Jesus. And so we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.